Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and this is Brianna, and we want to thank you and welcome to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, if you notice the time has changed, I stopped doing the 12 o'clock, making it to 2 o'clock, to make it more convenient for many of you to be able to tune in and listen to the show, as you can also Click on the link to listen to the show at any time. Hey, Auntie CR, I see you just went on Facebook. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about COVID-related concerns. Now, my ex-brother-in-law, Will, wanted me to talk about this topic because it seems like the word COVID appears to be a buzzword, yet it's still affecting the lives of many. Now, COVID-19 remains a global health emergency, and it is considered to be one of the leading causes of death for children in the United States. Now, we know that there's been a lot of misinformation that has been spread over the years, and it's making it difficult for us to trust our government or our employers and some of the advice that we're getting from the CDC because we don't know who to believe. You know, it kind of reminds me of the movie, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, Django, when he was like, do we wear the mask or not the mask? When they were talking about wearing the little hoodie things, that's how I am now because we're still stuck where we want to live a normal day-to-day life, but there's so much information. And now, because it's getting so old, people don't want to hear it no more, a lot of things is not being televised as much as it was when COVID first hit. And even the information that I was showing you today, and I'm like, hmm, you know, it's a lot of stuff out there. And like I said, sometimes things are just falling on people on deaf ear because we don't want to hear it. Now, even though we may not want to hear it, millions have still died, and COVID is still around. It has not went nowhere. Now, that bears to differ, and I know a lot of individuals have a lot of opinions as it relates to this topic. The only thing that I require and request is that we respect other people's opinion. And some individuals, like I said, have lost family members to COVID. There's been some individuals say that it was just like the flu. I mean, I had it twice. Have you had COVID? I have not. Oh, my God. It was horrible. I've been lucky. It was horrible. (laughs) You know, the first time, and, and I stay away from people. But the first time I caught it, I thought my son had gave it to me because he had came from Arizona to California, and he had some issues, and he had tested positive while in the hospital. And so I waited till he was negative before he was able to come down here, and then a friend of mine was working on my house, and somehow I got sick. And my daughter was like, Mom, you must have got it from Tony. I'm like, I don't know who I got it from, but the body aches was kicking my butt. But one of the things I noticed was in people's households, there was a lot of controversy over vaccinations. Who who should get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. It was a a lot of mess, and I'm still not vaccinated. Now, my daughter is vaccinated and boosted, but she caught it twice, too, even being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And so did, I think my grandson had it maybe once. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, and it's scary, especially if you are a parent with school-aged children and seeing a lot that's going on, or if you elderly. Now, I have a compromised immune system, so with me having lupus and arthritis and all I'm like, look, I don't want to play with, with COVID, but nor do I want to play with that shot either because there's been a lot of information about that. 
I've heard individuals that have gotten shot and felt worse after the shot. How did you feel when you got the shot? Um, I, I really just had a sore arm. I think it was my left arm. They say to get the arm that's, like, less dominant mm-hmm. so you're not, like, stiff. But, yeah, it was just a sore arm. Um, other than that, I know people have had, like, um, cough or, like, they've gotten the, the symptoms of COVID mm-hmm. getting the vaccine. But See, that was that, another thing, too. That's why I've never had a flu shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't. I, mm-hmm. Y'all ain't killing me. I don't like shots either. Plus, I'm scared of needles. Yeah. I will freak out when I say I can't yeah. do needles. I do not like needles. Yeah. So, and that was another thing. And, and the problem is when we start talking about the information, we don't know who to believe and we don't know what to trust. So we yeah. don't know. How did you know? Did you get a Moderna? Did you get Pfizer? Thought, did you get, which one did you get? Which one did I? I think I got Moderna. Moderna. Okay. Yeah. Have you gotten the boosters? Yes.
related concerns. I want to know, again, what are your concerns? What are some of the questions that you may have? Like I said, if individuals come to me for therapy, I, I only do telehealth. And the reason why I'm only doing telehealth is because I don't want to be in contact yes. with individuals so because, in. mm-hmm, like I said, because I have lupus. And even though I've been living with lupus for over 40-something years and it's an autoimmune disorder, I don't want to get sick. I'm yeah. not trying to be yeah. doing all of that. But you got individuals that will demand, I want to be seen face-to-face. I'm like, I just had COVID in December. You want to come in my office? It's like they don't care. They don't get it. Yeah. It's like playing Russian roulette. Now, when we start talking about individuals with certain medical conditions, you know, and Talking about how COVID has proven relentlessly changing the healthcare system, when you go to the hospital, I, I, I went to the emergency room on de- in December. Besides getting that high dog on bill, I was concerned about contracting or, you know, getting sick in the hospital because there's a lot of sick people in the hospital. And I think that they're doing their best to make sure that everybody is safe but that's a spooky place to be. Yeah. And you got people laying all in the hallways. It's, yeah. it, it's crazy. And, and it's crazy to think about that they just re- started requiring masks in the hospital. Like, I feel like that should have always been because there's so many sick people, so many things going around, especially in the ER. I feel like that should always be a requirement. Mm-hmm. And I feel like COVID kind of made us be hygienic, you know? It's like we it should, is. We should have been doing that before. Well, you know, it's interesting you just said that even with the hospital because when my godbrother, Delano Blackwell, passed away, I didn't get a chance to go visit him in the hospital because I wasn't vaccinated. And at one point you had people that were selling fake vaccination cards. So, you know, no matter what's going on, people are going to find an illegal way to get things done. And I'm not going to say I have regrets, but I thank his wife for calling me and I was able to FaceTime with him on the phone and talk to him that way, but I never got a chance to go visit him in the hospital because I wasn't vaccinated. And I got a friend right now that called me the other day and told me he has COVID and is in the hospital, is at the VA hospital. And I'm like, I can't come visit you like that, you know. So there's a lot, a lot going on. So when we start talking about um, the challenges that the healthcare system is having, if you are in the field of healthcare, if you are a nurse, if you are a doctor, even if you are a dentist, and you're seeing that patients are coming to you, I want to hear your concerns. What are your thoughts? What do you do if a person comes into your office and don't want to wear a mask? Or let's say if they come in and they do have COVID. I've had that experience where I've been sitting at Kaiser, say, waiting to get some blood work done, and I hear people in the background talking about they positive. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing up in here if you positive? You know, and it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's like, what is going on with our world? And even at at work, you know, if a person is positive at work yeah. or the type of job you have now, I, I, ain't, I can walk, but I still can't open this water. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. So when we start talking about these things, I want to know what should we know about COVID? What is the ADA saying? What's happening with the Rehabilitation Act, because some individuals have long-haul COVID, and the financial impact? You know, a lot of people made money off of this. Yeah. And that's why individuals stopped believing some of the things that they were hearing. Some individuals made a lot of money. Some people lost a lot of money when it came to COVID. Yeah. What is your information? What is your take on that? So with 
financial finances, I saw that um, I mostly looked up most of the the mental health things that happened during COVID and mm-hmm. how it kind of depleted during that time. But with finances, definitely that brought a lot of um, depression and anxiety because people, some people didn't know, you know, what their next move was mm-hmm. after being laid off because everything was closed down. And I mean everything. Mm-hmm. And some people weren't eligible for EDD, getting um, unemployment. Some people were considered, um, what is it, um, where they were required to be there. Mm-hmm. They were like. They were, it was a name that they called them when yeah. they were the health care. Essential, essential workers. workers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so that is true. That is true. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it says COVID-19 pandemic is probably at the transition point, and that is with the World Health Organization. And this was just posted, ooh, today, January 30th. You know, so there's still a lot of information out there, and it says here that the World Health Organization Monday said that COVID remains a public health emergency, but the pandemic is at a transitional point. Or transition, and I'm like, what do they mean by a transition? Now the agency said its International Health Regulations Emergency Committee met on Friday to analyze the data on the state of the pandemic. And see, I remember when COVID first hit, I was girl, I was glued to the TV with CNN. <laughs> Me and my grandson, we just we were CNN watching CNN like it was crazy. But the thing is, a lot of information is not being shared anymore when we start talking about the tracking of the hospitalizations, the deaths, and the vaccines, where we were looking at numbers. And I think that's what kind of deterred a lot of individuals because they felt the numbers were skewed, that they weren't accurate. And now once we start doing the in-home test, how do you know if the numbers are accurate? Because I know when I tested in December, after Christmas, I was positive, but I didn't go seek medical attention. So they wouldn't even have my positive mm, test yes. recorded. Yeah. Now, with the WHO director, and he indicated, he acknowledged the committee views that COVID-19 pandemic is probably at a transition point and appreciate the advice of the committee to navigate this transition carefully and mitigate the potential negative consequences, and they had a statement in regard to that. Now, according to the transcript, and the speech at the meeting provided by the WHO, he said that there is still a high risk of COVID-19 global transmission. So it is still out there, but yet people are playing Russian roulette. And, you know, and I'm not surprised because people play Russian roulette with STDs, like HIV, AIDS, herpes. Mm -hmm. They play Russian roulette with their bodies, Mm -hmm. and they're doing the same thing as it relates to COVID. Because at one point they think, oh, I'm not going to get it. I'm not worried about it. I can get over it. Mm-mm. I've been to funerals of people who have died of COVID. I've had some concerns of friends that I know that have, you know, asthma, problems with breathing, and and they, you know, wind up testing positive for COVID. Now, they said that the best position has been due to the diagnostic, the vaccine, and the treatment to beat COVID. Now, you know, some individuals will say that I was in, I was healthy, I was in good shape. Now, I've learned that being inactive by not exercising mm-hmm. could put your body at risk of, you know, any type of infectious disease or anything of that nature. 
Now, it says, as we enter our fourth year, that's a long, dog old time. I couldn't even think of how long it's been. But it says fourth. at fourth, four Does it years. Count, they're counting 2019 as, like, when it officially was here, and then 2020 mm-hmm. was like, okay. Correct. It says, as we enter the fourth year of the pandemic, we are certainly in a much better position now than we were years ago. Now, when the, what is it, the Omicron wave hit and when there was more than 70,000 deaths were reported. Now, when I was looking at something today, they got a whole new name for something else that just came out. These names of these different strands are like the doggone hurricanes. I know. Like, I'm like just naming people. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to mispronounce the name. Yeah. Like, what is this? You know, so there's so many different strands, and they mutate, and they change, and, they, you know, and that was what I believe was part of the problems with the vaccine was once they came up with a vaccine for one thing, here comes something else trying to trick you. My chair is Your chair making you yeah. fall? Yeah. Okay. So I heard you. I didn't know if I was on. It was our stomachs again because I, I know I had an ate, like, so I'm hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last time our stomachs was over here singing to one another. <laughs> So what are some of the concerns? Like I said, if you want to call in, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Now, like I said, my brother-in-law, Will, he wanted to talk about this. Then he told me he had a meeting, so he ain't called in yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm not going to say it frustrates me, but I always put it out there that if they have a platform, if they have something that they want me to talk about, I don't mind talking about it. Even if I don't have a lot of information, it may be something that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate him for bringing this topic to my awareness. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even looked it up to find out that they had something going on today yeah. and that they had a whole new strand of something going on. Yes, they went to my son, won't. Yes, Reginald. How are you doing? I'm on the radio. All right. I'm I move. I've been moving my body. I'm trying to pop blocks. <laughs> Look, I didn't try to jog in place. Now you asking for a whole lot. I I've been walking. Well, I've been doing that. I'm feeling much better today. But thank you for your concern. I appreciate you. So I have a question. The topic today is about COVID-related concerns. Do you have any concerns, or where do you see and what's happening at your job when it comes to COVID? I mean, there's nothing happening in my job when it comes to COVID. People are passing away from it. I caught it twice. Mm-hmm. You probably caught it twice, too. Yeah. Now, are you vaccinated or unvaccinated? No, I'm not vaccinated. And what is uh, your... When I, when, I, when I had it both times, I, I never experienced those symptoms. Mm-hmm. So you was asymptomatic. See, that's another thing that's scary when individuals are asymptomatic. Now, like I said, I had, like, flu-like symptoms the first time. The second time, I just had, like, body aches, and I was tired. But I didn't even know I had it yeah. until I had the test. And I was the only one in the house that had it. Nobody else was positive but me. I was the only one. So I don't know I what happened. The supervisor got, got vaccinated. He, he got sick as a dog from the vaccination. Mm, yeah, that's true. That is a whole other issue where some individuals are afraid because they've gotten vaccinated and something else has happened or... They got COVID yeah, anyway. still wind up catching it. Mm-hmm. That is true. That was kind of pointed. Okay. All right. Well, do you have any other questions as we're talking about this topic? I'm leaving the platform open for individuals that have some concerns 
as it relates to to COVID. Because you know, traffic in the background, I just got off work. I'm headed home. Okay. All right. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, I think I scared my kids because <laughs> um, they they started. They're not used to me being not able to do things and. When I would be sitting too long, I would need them to help me get up. They're looking at me like, you need to do something. <laughs> We're not ready for this. You need to do something. They're all fussing at you. need to do something about this. <laughs> you need to start jogging. I'm not going to pick my feet up and I can barely walk. He going to tell me I need to jog. You know, so I appreciate him calling to check up on me, but he's be fussing at me, shoot. <laughs> if I say I need help putting on my shoes, I need. See, I got me some new little slip-in mm-hmm. shoes. I know. I bought me some little like pajama-like pants. I can get comfortable, and you know, my kids was getting so they was like, "This woman, something ain't right here." <laughs> I've been having a I won't complain day. So, okay, so like I said, you know, when we talk about the schools, let's talk a little bit about some of the employee employers that yeah. were making it mandatory. Yeah. For people, we talked a little bit about finances, but some individuals walked away from their jobs yeah. when it came to that. And you mentioned before, like, who do we trust with, like, um, our government and employees or mm-hmm. employers? I kind of felt like that with uh, my old job when I was still um, at Fresno State. I was doing the gymnastics coaching, and they would be so, like, coy and hiding when people had COVID. Like, mm-hmm. people would risk their businesses. Like, they would not tell other employees if one of them contracted COVID. Well, part of it is because of the uh, privacy act. They can't mm-hmm. share other information. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody come in and they got HIV, I can't go around, oh, they got HIV. Yeah. They can't. Yeah, you can't really okay. share a lot of individuals' personal information. Yeah. So that's what a lot of that has to do with. I could understand that. But, like, with it being a contagious thing, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have um, just told the employees. They didn't have to tell the whole, like, the whole studio, like, hey, don't come in. One of our coaches got COVID. Mm-hmm. They could have told us employees and, like, if we were around that coach, we could have got, like, tested and stuff. But they kind of... One of the things that I noticed is your phone, and I don't really mm-hmm. trust that either, because your phone got an alert to where, let's say if I tested positive and my information was in the system and you was around me, mm-hmm. my, your phone would alert you that you bought me and I got COVID. Mm-hmm. So they were doing things of that nature. So I don't know how they were getting away with that, mm-hmm. where you can get like a phone alert mm-hmm. is, was one thing. And I know at some jobs what they would do, if they found out that um, someone had COVID, they would call in a, a cleaning crew and clean up the, and disinfect the whole floor, you know, whether you worked at the sheriff department or mm-hmm. the probation department in different places of that nature. Yeah. They would send out an email, but they wouldn't tell you who had it. Mm-hmm. I know in some of the schools what they would do is they would send emails home to the parents to let the parents know that kids had to be quarantined mm-hmm. because but they wouldn't give Johnny's name, yeah. but they would say, you know, a kid tested positive, mm-hmm. because I do believe that they do random monitor testing at the school, mm-hmm. because one of the concerns was the social isolation. Yeah. A lot of individuals, and that's what led them into therapy, yeah. is they became disconnected with the world. Mm-hmm. They stopped socializing, and that led to a depression, suicide, um, uh, people gaining weight, Divorces, domestic violence increased, a lot of um, alcoholism increased, drug addiction increased because individuals stay at home more. Netflix went up, 
<laughs> That's true. Oh. I, I remember I remember in, uh, when we all had to be at home, I was, like, on TikTok all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, but how did you feel, like, when you had to, did you quarantine or isolate? You know what? I did, and it was hard for me. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was hard for me because I was working out of five offices. And I would normally leave my house like 7, 8 in the morning, and I wouldn't come home to like maybe 8, almost 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly on the go, and I was driving 1,000 miles a week. So I went from driving 1,000 miles a week, running in and out of five offices, to just staying at home, going from my bedroom to my computer room to my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go anywhere. I didn't yeah. leave the house. And I got used to it, and I started liking it because then I could take a nap. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't. And it didn't really bother me in regards to not being able to socialize because I would still, I got mad the night when I was at the casino and they said the casinos were closed. (laughs) That pissed me off. I'm like, what do you mean I can't go to the casino? I would never forget. I think it was me and my friend Pat. We was at Batanga and it was like, oh, the casinos are closing down. I'm like, really? How you going to close the casino? And I don't like doing online gambling because I like that type of social atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that bothered me. And the buffets closed down. Yeah. Paula buffet still ain't open back up. Oh. You know, and the spa. So in regards to staying at home, mm-hmm. it slowed me down yeah. a lot. My family was concerned about me. Hey, Rara, you can call me, Rara. My family and friends was concerned about me being on the go too much. Yeah. I was ripping and running and ripping and running. Mm-hmm. And even now, you saw how I was Friday. I mm-hmm. still went to the party. You did. It's hurt bad as I was hurting. I still went. Yeah. Now, I may not stay long, but I will show up. Mm-hmm. So that was, but I didn't, I didn't get depressed. I didn't mm-hmm. get, you know, paranoid. I just. They don't. See, my brother, he was the only one in my family who got COVID. He's 15. So he had to isolate, and his, I feel like his version of isolation, he had fun with it because my mom was getting him snacks. He was, like, getting, like, royal treatment. He was like, <laughs> Mom, can you bring me, like, ice cream? And he'd oh, be my like, God. Yeah, he would get all the, the treatment, and he'd be so excited, and he could just stay in his room and watch TV, like, so, like, for a kid who... You, you, you're getting halfway off like, the thing. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> he's, for a kid, it kind of made him happy sometimes. Like, I think the beginning of the week, he was like, okay, I can just be in my room and watch TV and, like, get snacks and groceries for my mom. But then at, towards the end, he's like, okay, I'm bored. So well, like, I had to be careful because my grandkids told me if I got COVID, I was on my own. Oh. You know, they tell me. They tell me, they tell me if you get old, we're putting you in a home, too. So I, I had to take care of myself. So it was just me and my dog. Yeah. So, and then when my friend had got COVID, and I was like, well, hell, I got, get, I got it, you got it, so you might as well come here and be here with me. So mm-hmm. I was in my computer room, and he stayed in my exercise room. So that's just basically what we did. We just made sure that both of us were still alive because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in the ocean side, locked up in the house by myself yeah. and sick. So, and then teacher said, that's probably where you got it from. I said, I never thought about that. You didn't tell me to go get tested because you knew you probably had it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at some information, and it talks about with the coronavirus disease 2019, is a contagious disease caused by virus and severe acute respiratory syndrome. The first known case was identified in China in 2019, and that caused a big issue, oh if you remember. Yes. Yeah. 
and in December, and the disease quickly spread worldwide, resulting in the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, when we start talking about um, the symptoms, fever, cough, fatigue, shortness of breath, vomiting, loss of taste and smell. I never lost my taste and smell. And some individuals are asymptomatic. I guess I was asymptomatic. Now, with complications, pneumonia, um, ARDS, whatever that is, kidney failures, respiratory failure, pulmonary um, fibrosis. So there's a lot of things, and even long-term COVID. The onset can be 2 to 14 days. My phone is just ringing off the hook. Okay, it can be 2 to 14 days. And there's different types of testing. Now, with prevention, you know, I've heard people say, if we just shut down for just two weeks, everybody just chill, maybe we can get a, a wrap on this. I don't know how true that is or not because it seems like it's just still spreading. And even with animals, I think my dog had COVID too because there was a time my dog was sick. I saw something about that where somehow the pets could get COVID. Mm-hmm. So with prevention, vaccinations, and that's kind of questionable, so I want somebody to call in. I saw something on social media. They was doing um, they was doing a survey, and they wanted to know if you was vaccinated and boosted and still caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And then because some individuals believe that if they got vaccinated, they wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then they had to change their wording in regards to, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you won't get it. It just means you wouldn't be in a hospital yeah. or you wouldn't die. But then some individuals were vaccinated and still wind up in a hospital and still die. So that's where some of the confusion came from. And then people started, they started um, putting causes of death where it's like if you, if you, okay, for example, if I have lupus, and now I got arthritis, and something happens. They may say that my death may be complications of lupus, and it may not have had nothing to do with lupus. It could have been a heart attack. It could have been something else. And they'll pick and choose whatever they choose to say. Like yeah. if a person has cancer, mm-hmm. and the cancer may not be what kills them, it could be something else. So one of the areas of concern that a lot of individuals had was their death certificate was saying COVID, mm-hmm. and it may not have been COVID. And they didn't know if that was a money thing for or for research or, you know, what that was about. And it was like getting your facts straight. How do we, how can we clean up some of the stuff that we messed up? Because now it's to the point to where we got to figure out something because in four years, how long are we going to keep living like this? When we were on the the bus, we did a, a turnaround bus trip. And for the first time, I saw a mask with a zipper. Have you ever seen a mask no. with a zipper? <laughs> to breathe and eat. <laughs> it was more to eat. And Jerome <laughs> wanted to drink. So Jerome had, <laughs> Jerome had his mask, and he looked like a duck. And it was so funny, but that was the way we were able to tell who was on the boat trip, I mean, not the boat trip, who was on the bus trip with us was by our mask because we had a very distinctive mask. Mm-hmm. And he had, he was drinking on the bus <laughs> with that mask on, and that mask, 
it was, it was, I'm, I'm trying to find a picture of it. I thought I took a picture, and I said, this is the look of when you really want to drink on a bus trip. Because <laughs> he unzipped his thing, stuck that straw in his mouth. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? But it was for, because they had to go by the CDC guidelines and making sure that individuals were doing what they were supposed to be doing. I'm trying to find this this picture so I can show you because it was it was hilarious. I'm like, really? Let me find this picture for you so you can see yeah. what it what it is to be on a bus trip. What was it? <laughs> okay, yeah, well, we went to the concert. We didn't have to wear the mask in the, look, girl, look at that mask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a black daffy, like a black daffy duck. <laughs> <laughs> but you can zip it, and then that way you can put food in your mouth and yeah. you can eat with your mask still on. Okay. So that was just um, one of the things. So, um, again, if you have any questions, I've got Steve. If you have any questions, what are some of your, if we had a doctor in front of you right now, Brianna, what would you ask that doctor? Oh, I don't even know. I, it's it's funny because I haven't thought about COVID in a while, and I feel like everyone's felt like that. Maybe not everyone, but just because we've kind of gotten back to some normalcy, I don't, I'm trying to think, what would I ask a doctor now? Um I don't know. Maybe just like how how are they feeling? Because I remember when, like, since it was so new, healthcare workers did not know what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask, like, has it gotten better for them? Um, what would they like do different if they could have? Or like, what has changed now that they've gone through COVID? Like, what is what have they implemented now as a doctor? Mm-hmm. Or a healthcare worker. I'm gonna call one of my friends. She was in the medical field, mm-hmm. and she. I hope she. Hopefully, she's not at work. She used to work in a COVID unit, and I used to be like, "How do you go to work in a COVID unit? Yeah. Like you dress for war, <laughs> and it, it was crazy." Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know if she's at work right now, but I don't think she's in the COVID unit anymore. Mm-hmm. But that would be a good question to ask her, but she's not answering her phone. And I don't know any other, but I have cousins that are in the medical field, too. She not answering her phone. Please leave your message for seven, six. Oh, I want to put her phone up right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask her because I would, when I would FaceTime her or whatever and she would show me pictures, she would be dressed like footy stuff on, everything from head to toe, like she was like hazardous waste or something. Mm-hmm. And because she was working with clients that had COVID that was in the hospital. Yeah. And then how is that when you go home and you got to go home to your family and be around other people and you've been in contact with individuals? You know what? I'm going to call my friend <clears throat> and ask him. It's crazy. When I when people don't call in, I start calling them. <laughs> His battery was at 100%. It just oh, went down my. just that fast. That lets me know. And I'm not buying another phone. <laughs> This song's on my nerves. Okay. So I'm going to call him and ask him how is he doing and if he's still testing positive. Because, like I said, there are people, some people don't think it exists. And we're not pranking people. Hey, how you doing? I got you on the radio. Huh? I got you on the radio. How you get me on the radio? Because I just called you. When nobody calling on the show, so I called you. 
How are you oh, feeling? Okay. How are you feeling? I'm doing fine. Are you still testing positive for COVID? Uh, I don't think so. So how did you know you had COVID? You know, the show is about COVID-related concerns. One of my God, one of my uh, brother-in-laws wanted me to do a show because he wanted to talk about some of the things with the CDC and and how whatever questions he had, and his buddy haven't called in yet. So considering that you just recently had COVID, how did you even know you had it? Because I was coughing like crazy. <laughs> so you was coughing and then you just... I was coughing and I felt bad. And then you just went and got tested? Yeah, I went to... Uh, because you could go to uh, the Carson Sheriff Station. Mm-hmm. And they got easy go there for free. Mm-hmm. And they do your test and you get to test the results in 10 minutes. See, I don't like the sticking that thing down my nose. At Kaiser, you can spit in the thing. I don't mind spitting in the thing. But them people put that thing in my nose. I want to kick that woman. I'm sitting in my car. I was so mad. I couldn't yeah. punch. But he's sticking that thing. He just stuck his thing down my nose. He made it all the way up to my, my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Over here in Carson, you think you do it yourself. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it all the way. I'll be like, no, you just wipe around inside the nose. You don't have to go Digging all the way. my nose is. I don't want to be putting nothing up in my nose. I, I don't yeah. like that feeling. I do not like that's that feeling. That's how they did that's how they did over here at the VA. They stuck that thing up in my nose. So they are you hurry up. I told her I told her I'm leaving at four o'clock while they like it You told them you leaving at four o'clock today? What are you talking about? Yeah, because my procedures are over with and they, they act like they don't they don't uh, every since this morning and and they don't want to come come and release me. You so can't I just leave the hospital because you don't leave I'll tell them when they're likely not. I'm leaving at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you don't tell the people at the hospital you're leaving? I, I, I do. Well, they got, they got it to 4 o'clock to get their stuff together. So what are some of the things? Okay, so this is a good question for you. While you was in the hospital at the VA for COVID, and I'm quite sure they had you around other patients that had COVID, what was the hospital setting like? Was it... Like it normally is? Was it a little different? What what's going on? That was normal. It's it's normal as could be, right? They they they've cut back a whole lot of stuff since the last time I came. Mhm. Oh, I got I got a doctor. I got a lady calling me now. You know what? I know you probably can't call in on the show, but let me um I'll call you back. Okay. 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 Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? You know what? I'm well, but I got you on the radio. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because somebody wanted me to do a show about COVID-related concerns. And I was like, I know somebody that was that we used to work with COVID clients. And so what I did was I called a person that I know just recently tested positive for COVID. But then I was looking up and I was doing some information, some research, and I saw that there's another strand or something out that they were just talking about as early as Friday, and people's attitudes have changed. So I wanted to know from a medical perspective, and I don't know, I don't think you're doing COVID and all that anymore, but from a medical perspective, what is the attitude like now with as it relates to COVID? Um, we're still taking it as seriously as ever, but I, I think public has has. Um, isn't taking it as seriously. It's like, oh, it's just another COVID strain, and we'll get sick for a couple of days, and we'll be all right. We've got other, um, I'm up in the business of Northwest, so we have um, 
a lot of respiratory illnesses with um, children going on the RNA mm-hmm. viruses, and so we've got like three different and, and the flu. So we've got three different things going on right now. Well, you know, that was one of the things that I saw was that right now with children, that's one of the leading causes of death in children is COVID-related. Oh, COVID-related? Mm-hmm. With kids, you know, and it's it's sad because even going to the hospital is is crazy because it's in like it's so many people that are sick in the hospital. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And you're right, and the attitudes have changed because – I was um, telling my intern, I was sitting there um, playing blackjack, and this lady started coughing. I'm like, if she coughs one more time, I'm a bunch of You better get up off this table. And I had on a mask. So when I go on in public, I wear a mask because I had tested positive again the day after Christmas because I had got sick. So I and I got a compromised immune system, and girl, I'm already walking like Thriller on Michael Jackson with arthritis. I sure don't need to be. Mm-mm, I ain't trying to be doing all of that. And it's the attitude. But from your perspective, because I know you're only one person, what do you think can change people's attitude to get us to become more serious about you know, math, don't math, stay home, do something if you're sick. Well, if you could tell somebody something based on your experience, because you've been in the trenches and, uh, you know, I've still got that picture you sent me of you looking like you was at a hazmat place with all of that stuff on your right. head on. What would you tell the public to do to try to help with this, to help help them help you? I help you help them. Oh, yeah. Well, no, if, you need to think about people other than yourself, because it's not if you're going to get sick, it's not if you're going to get your neighbor sick, it's if you're going to get your neighbor's grandmother sick. Do you want to kill your neighbor's grandmother? Put, it, put, it, put a mask on if you're in public and you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. That's what they do in other countries, even before COVID. If you don't feel good, you're going out in public with a lot of people, put a mask on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty simple. It's disrupted our lives in such a massive way that I mean people just want it to be over and it's it's not. Mhm. So. You know it's crazy, Joy, because uh, I remember when my mother was sick with cancer. My mother was wearing masks and had people wear masks even before COVID even hit because she died in 2008 and had masks. She didn't want nobody breathing on her because by her having cancer, she knew her immune system was already compromised. And I don't even know where she found the mask at, but she was had masks all around the house. Mm-hmm. But that is true. That is so, so true. So we need to really change our attitudes about this. Even if you don't like your grandma, you know, because some people waiting on grandma to probably die or something. But by that same token, we got to be more mindful and we got to be more respectful because, like you said, this stuff ain't went away. And even as I was doing some research and getting information, I'm looking at new names, new strands, new. I'm like, really? And they don't televise it as much because, I mean, at one point, right or now, we was glued to CNN. But they don't want to, I guess, scare the public. And then, you know, one of the, my, um, Brianna was saying how political it had became. And this is not about politics. This is about saving people's lives. Right, exactly. (laughs) And stop being so doggone ignorant. Mm-hmm. And we just be at home. Okay. Well, thank mm-hmm. you for calling me back, Joy. I, I appreciate it. So, do you have any questions for people in the audience? Um. 
Well, I, I think most people are, I mean, the majority of the people are already vaccinated, and I'm wondering what's keeping the people that aren't from, from getting vaccinated, you know? With what, me? What's the holdback? The holdback with me is I never, I think when I was a kid or something, they tried to give me a flu shot, and I got sick, 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 sick. Because my mm-hmm. immune system is already compromised. So I stay away from people. So I figure if I stay away, I'm not adding to the problem because right. I'm keeping myself away. I'm not one that's going to just be ripping and running and all of the people's face and all of that. I just went back to the office and after three years, you know, almost four years. I hadn't even been around clients. I stay away from folks. So you got those that just want to just be disobedient. So mine is because of my own health-related issues. Oh yeah, there's definitely people that that won't tolerate it and can't physically, you know, do it. And there's mm-hmm. other ways around it. You wear masks. You're, Correct. You know. So therefore, like I said, I wear masks. I social distance. I I do all of that. So, mm-hmm. but you are you're right. You I've seen households just literally be at war with one another over these things. And I also know people that have got vaccinated, got sick. Some were healthy and still died. Some were not healthy yeah. and had other issues. So I think it's more fear-based, and I think it's and I think it's about trust. People don't know who they can and cannot trust. Yeah, that's true too. So that's what I think it is. You know, if we lived in a society or a government where we knew that people had our best interests, but we also know even with medications, I mean. I was complaining about arthritis with pain and inflammation. They gave me a medication that was a cancer medication and then gave me prednisone, and then I had a stroke. And they Mm. said that my stroke was related from the complications of the medications. Mm -hmm. And I just had an MRI, and then Kaiser sent me, charged me almost $1,450 for a copay for MRI. So when wow. we're dealing with things of that nature, even with breast cancer, you will get a. They said I had a um, that I had a. I had to have another two biopsies in one year. I went to go get that second biopsy in September. They sent me a seven thousand dollar bill from Kaiser. So these are some of the my concerns. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's like why are you telling me I need to do all of this stuff, and are you doing it to keep me sick, to keep me a patient? Uh-huh. All right. So I think that's part of it, but it's even higher and bigger than just that. I'm just one person. But I know a lot of individuals have went through some things, and, and, you know, and I always emphasize, get you some insurance, get you some death insurance, get you some life insurance, get you something, mm-hmm. you know. But some individuals just, they don't believe, like they say, fat meat is greasy. They really don't. So I think part of it is ignorance. Part of it is just people rebelling. Part of it is we, don't, we can't trust and believe everything we hear and see. Yeah. Because then when we started seeing our presidents catching COVID, yeah. we started seeing, you know, oh, we were like, ooh, you know, didn't Dr. Fauci or somebody catch it or, you know, even with the CDC? So we were like, oh, wait a minute, here, y'all supposed to be, uh, <laughs> y'all supposed to be on top of this and uh, you sick too? What's going on here? You know, so that just let us know that nobody is immune. Nobody's immune. Mm-hmm. Have you had it? Did you ever catch it, Joy? I I think I had it back in January before it, before it came out when Zay and I were 
super, super sick out in Mississippi, but I, I haven't ever had an antibody test. No, I, I haven't gotten it from work or anything. Okay. Yeah, because like I said, some individuals believe that they had it way before it even, they started talking about COVID. You know, like yeah. I said, I had it in September of 2021, and then I had caught it again in December of last year, but I wasn't really mm -hmm. sick in December, but I tested positive. And we got to, like I said, we just got to, when you know better, you do better, we got to take care of ourselves, yeah. and we got to make sure, like, um, one of the things that Brianna was talking about is it taught us more about hygiene, washing your hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't just be touching stuff. Just mm -hmm. Don't be all up on people. Let people breathe. Mm -hmm. So we <laughs> don't call them in the face. Yeah, don't be calling nobody's face. Uh-uh, get away from me. So those are just some of the things. And like I said, and you know, I, I put the number out there for people to call if they had any questions, if they had any concerns. And I know, oh, and not only this, um, too, Joy, I'm going to ask you this question. In the healthcare field, secondary trauma, you guys deal with oh, a lot of trauma. And even being an essential worker, and you guys witness deaths, you witness families arguing and fighting, and how, what was that like, just even for you? What was your experience? It, I didn't really notice it until I got out of it, uh, until I was not in it anymore. Um, I've got girlfriends that are nurses that went to do the, the trauma response. i got one that went as a travel nurse and did um, emergency nursing in New York right in the middle of the pandemic. And she did nothing but, you know, go in there and she just watched people die every day. And she said it was horrific. She took, she took, um, she took a year off afterwards. She just couldn't do it. It's, it's bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and part of the problem is people weren't in the hospitals to see it either. Mm -hmm. So they, they're like, oh, it's not real, it's not real. Yeah, it's fucking real when you see people die every single day and there's nothing you can do. Mm hmm Yeah. <coughs> Got me coughing. <laughs> and that was one of the things that a lot of the clients that were hospitalized, I had a, a new guy, he caught it four times. And mm -hmm. part of him catching it, he was um, dealing with, with um, just living. He was dealing with survivor's guilt. Because he mm -hmm. felt like, why should I live and all these people are dying? He couldn't yeah. handle that. Mm -hmm. So it was it's different for different people, but a lot of people did not think about work burnout. They didn't think about um, secondary trauma. They didn't mm -hmm. think about uncomplicated bereavement. They didn't think about long-term care, where some individuals could have become disabled because they were not able to go back to their the type of work that they were doing beforehand. So yeah. it was a lot. It's still a lot. Still a lot. And then if you lost, I, I know a family, they lost mother and father to COVID. You done mm -hmm. lost both of your parents to COVID? That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And even, even not being able to grieve during the COVID period if you lost somebody. Oh, you're right. Because, you're right. Yeah. Because when they passed away, we was only what, able to have 10 people at his funeral? Yeah, no, we did. And some individuals couldn't even go to their family member's funeral because they couldn't, they had a certain number of people. And bodies were stacked mm -hmm. on top of bodies, and it was taking months and months and yep. months and months for people to be buried. That's traumatic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that is so true. See, we didn't even think about that kind of stuff. And a lot and that's what flooded therapists because we became mm-hmm. flooded with people wanting help with anxiety and PTSD and, you know, trauma and just grief and it was a lot. It was mm-hmm. definitely a lot. Well, I commend you for what you do, and if you got out that unit, I'm glad you're doing something different because that is a lot. Yeah. And let me know when you come back to town. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Love you. Talk to you later. Love you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So I put it out there that if people wanted to call in, they can give us a call. So we, we talked to somebody that was already in the hospital with COVID. And you see how frustrated he is. He's like, they've been let me out by 4 o'clock, I'm leaving. And you know what? He would. <laughs> he would really get up, snatch everything out, and leave. He, he, he going to do that. He said 4 o'clock. So I'm just glad he didn't call me to come drive the getaway car. So <laughs> and he come kidnapping you out the hospital and then something happened. And, and, and that was another thing. People were so frustrated mm-hmm. that they couldn't get a chance to see their loved ones. And when he called me, I said, I can't come visit you. Yeah. He said, well, you couldn't come visit me anyway if I got COVID. You know, but normally whenever he goes to the hospital, he always call me because he's on dialysis, and I would always either go visit him or take him something to eat or whatever the case may be because yeah. I've lost so many friends, so many people to a lot of different things. Even, like I said, with my godbrother, when he first went into the hospital, we thought he had COVID, but he had pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And when he went into a coma, he never came out. Yeah. And he was in a coma for two and a half years before he passed away. So these are some of the things, you know, and like I said, in, in talking to Joy, her husband died in a motorcycle accident, but she had to bury him during COVID. He was bored sitting at home, and he went to go ride a motorcycle. So they went out, and she watched him literally go off a cliff with their granddaughter in the bike fell on him, and she said, what nothing she can do? Nothing she could do. And then you got to go from that to going back to work and watching people die? Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. So we did talk about this topic, gave individuals the opportunity to call in where they could have asked somebody questions or some of the symptoms that they may be having or some of the things. Like I said, there's different types of um, uh, medications that they have out there, and there are several COVID-19 vaccines that have been approved and distributed in various countries which have initiated mass vaccination campaigns and other preventive measures include physical and social distancing, quarantining, ventilation of open or of indoor spaces, use of face masks are covered in public, covering cough and sneezes, hand washing, and keeping unwashed hands away from your face. And while at work, it's underway to develop drugs, inhibited the virus, primary treatment, and symptomatic, and management involves treatment symptoms through supportive care, isolation, and experimental measures. You know, so we can. There's a lot of different things that we can do, but four years is a long time. Yeah, it's way too long. And I know that there's other things that you know we've been dealing with and going through and all of that stuff. And I'm looking at they talking about in the world uh, in regards to statistics. And yeah, we may not be able to keep up with all of the different numbers because when they view it by they got coronavirus cases, they got. 674,914,950 viewed, 
after midnight, and says a list of countries and regions classification is based on the national United National sources under the latest news. So we got to do our homework. We really got to do our homework because you know what? Looking at these numbers, and they talking about in the world. In the world, they got total deaths in cases. There have been seventy three thousand. 957 new cases. That's a lot. New cases. And deaths, 6,759,940. And new deaths, 579. They got people that have recovered, and they got new recovered, active cases, serious critical. That's a lot of information. And they're reporting a lot of this stuff, and they're doing their best to keep up with the data, but it looks like, according to these numbers, the USA is the highest, just looking at these statistics. So no matter where you go, you're not going to avoid this or get away from it. There was, at one point, there was one country that they said had the lowest number, but I think they started catching up. I'm trying to see which number is the lowest. God, all this is in 100. They got some 92,000. The only one that I see, ooh, I can't even pronounce this thing. <laughs> oh, this country. Oh, no, they got something in What is this, Guinea? 38,000. But they got something in Haiti? Mine? Oh, they got something in uh, Somalia, 27,000. But, yeah, but you got people starving over there. Yeah. Um, and a smaller population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Greenland, and that's not the lowest. I'm trying to find the lowest. I guess if I go all the way down to the bottom, huh? <laughs> oh, how you pronounce this state? Or what oh, country? Tokaleo. Tokaleo. Oh, they got five. They probably going to start their own little country or something. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I never heard of it either. And Western Sierra is 10. Mm-hmm. Then City, 29. So the bottom line is, like I said, we got to do something about this. We got to learn how to start taking care of ourselves. We got to learn how to respect. It's about respect, and we got to learn how to tell the truth. You know, I, I believe in doing the clients no harm. If a person comes to me for therapy and I can't help them, I'm not going to just sit there and tell them something just to tell them something. That's not fair to them, and that's where these this misinformation and all this stuff starts spreading. And then we start spreading rumors, we start spreading lies, and we start giving people. So, like I said, we really need to do better. I'm going to end this. I don't know how this time just mm-hmm. got six minutes there and time is different here. And we got to figure this stuff yeah, out. Yeah, we, we did good the first one. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, no, we did one last week? Yeah. Well, last week because we did it on this computer. Oh. I, I just see. brought this computer in here today, so I don't understand how the times yeah. are all off. So the iPad got one time, the computer got another time, another one. So they're saying 60 seconds. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio as we talked about COVID-related concerns because people do have a lot of concerns, and this was not for you to be silent. You had an opportunity to talk, to share, pick my brain for the therapist, people in the mental health field, people in school, people that was at the hospital. It's real. It is really real, and things are changing. 
Don't let this be your demise. So, again, I want to thank you for joining me. Now, tomorrow, I come on at 6. That's late in the day. <laughs> I'll be ready to like, go to sleep, get ready to eat dinner. And I changed the time to make it convenient for everybody else. But I want to talk about, and Tuesdays is when we normally do the show from the pulpit to the couch where we give biblical teachings. And I talk about it from a therapeutic perspective because I'm not a pastor or in school of ministry. But I want to talk about trauma dumping. And when you have a problem, who do you take it to? Mm-hmm. Or do you drop your trauma off on your partner or your parents and you make it their fault? Mm-hmm. You know, some people say pray about it. Well, sometimes when we pray about things, sometimes it just takes too long. So, yeah, <laughs> it just takes too long like for this. So what are we supposed to do? So I want to talk about trauma dumping. So if you want to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 